You're listening to the Embroidery Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Masako Newton. This episode is a little bit longer, but Mark and I had a lot to talk about. I hope you enjoy listening. Here's Mark. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of the Embroidery Podcast. This week's episode is based on a, a request we've had from Yumiko in Tokyo, Japan. And she asked us to talk about places that you can see embroidery, mostly historical embroidery. Uh, in the United Kingdom. So we are going to talk about collections that you can see, museums, and also as hopefully restrictions are lifted, it will be easier to see these um, collections. But we just have to stress, obviously, do check before you go or make a special planned visit anywhere, just to see if you need to buy tickets or if places are open, obviously. So um, we're just talking about ones that Masco and I have seen or have catalogues for. So we hope that um, you may have visited some of them yourself or it might encourage you to visit other places that you weren't aware of to see embroidery. Okay, Mark, shall we get started? Let's dive in. Yes, so I'm going to talk about, well, firstly, this is not actually a museum or I suppose you could call it slightly a gallery. Um, and I'm going to talk about Whitney Antiques, which is in Oxfordshire. And this is actually really a shop um, that sells, but also displays very beautiful, quite a lot of um 17th century embroidery and and more recent embroidery than that so you should check before you go or make a special effort um and the great thing about Whitney Antiques is that you can see almost perfect examples of 17th century stump work and silk work and it's just beautiful also Whitney Antiques produce booklets of oh, what yes. they have for sale so um the idea also about this podcast is that we're going to mention places you can see embroidery but also that you're able to look at it perhaps online or you're able to buy a book or catalogue mm -hmm. about the embroidery so we hope to um not exclude anyone worldwide because you should be able to still see them on the internet or be able to get a book about them. So Whitney Antiques produce very beautiful close-up catalogues of the work they have. So you're able to study the stump work and silk work, caskets, mirrors, etc., etc., very closely. They also do um, lovely books about samplers, and they would have some history and close-up photographs of antique samplers. So if you are interested in samplers or 17th century embroidery, or canvas work embroidery, the, the little catalogues are perfect. They're paperback and they're, the photography is just beautiful. So that's something to, if you go on their website, um, so that's Whitney Antiques, W-I-T-N-E-Y, and they're in Oxfordshire and you can purchase past catalogues. They also go to antique fairs 
um, around the country and um, they have a website and you can follow them on Instagram. So they are worth looking up. And actually, I'm just going to tie that in with yes. um, the Ashmolean Museum, because oh, if you yes. were going to go to Oxford or Oxfordshire, you could possibly do both of these in one day. Yeah, I went to I went to Ashmolean and Whitney Antiques on the same day. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so me too, actually. So the Ashmolean Museum is in right in the centre of Oxford, the city, and it has a wonderful collection of well, it's a wonderful museum, but it has a very, very large collection of embroidery. Not all of it is on display at the same time, obviously. They do have a great collection of, again, English embroidery from the 17th century. And the Ashmolean Museum was donated a wonderful collection of English embroideries from the Feller Collection, which, um, again, focuses on English embroideries, mostly, again, from the 17th century. Uh, so they have those, not again, not everything is on display at the same time. But if you were going to have perhaps a combination of visits, Whitney Antiques and Ashmolean can be done in the same day. There is a wonderful book, actually a series of books about the Feller collections that you can buy, which is still available. And there's volume one, uh, volume two. And they, again, have very good um close-ups and history beautifully illustrated so again very good uh, if you're into that type of embroidery they're brilliant resources so um Yashmolin is worth looking anyway at their textile gallery and it's you know tapestries etc but both um both worth a look if you're interested especially in the 17th century yes i have actually i have a um Feller Collections book. Actually, I have both volume one and two, so I can take a photo of the book cover and then post it on the Instagram. Yeah. 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 I'm also going to mention about the Ashmolean Museum, which is not in, uh, related to embroidery at all, but they have a fantastic cafe restaurant on the roof. And you can actually go outside, which is brilliant. They used to have big cushions that you could sit on, but um, it's great fun. So if you go to the Ashmolean, you should go for um, just a bite to eat on the roof if you can uh, get in. So it's worth worth a visit up there anyway, because it feels it feels really special. Oh, that's good. OK, um, maybe I'll talk about Blair Castle now. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I talked about. Blair Castle briefly um, when we did an episode on embroidery books I talked about the Lady Evelyn's Needlework Collection. Um, Blair Castle is a beautiful Scottish castle. You know I must admit I love the look of um, Scottish castle. They are, they are so different from castles in England. English castle is a, a bit like um, fortress don't you think <laughs> yes <laughs> but the scottish castle is like the one you imagine in the fairy tale yeah <laughs> so well anyway so lady evelyn's needlework collection is a part of the Arthur archive in blair castle uh, lady evelyn was uh, born in 1868 
and she is the daughter of the seventh Duke of Athol. Yeah, she she was living abroad quite a bit. She she started her collection in Belgium. So some of the items are lace. And uh, Lady Evelyn did embroidery herself. And one of the famous pieces of her work is the British Arms, which was on the cover of the book I mentioned in another episode. Uh, but if you go onto the website, Blair Castle's website, you can't really tell if there's a needlework collection in the castle. So if you want to see the Lady Evelyn's needlework collection, I recommend that you contact the castle in advance. I'm going to, I'm now going to talk about Kelmscott Manor. And this was the home of William Morris, so the arts and crafts artist. And he lived there, I'm just checking my notes, 1871. Mm -hmm. And he um, had a joint lease with uh, Rossetti, the artist. And at the moment, I've checked just so you don't all go there, it's actually closed at the moment. They're having massive um, refurbishment, education centres and everything. Mm -hmm. But I thought it would be nice to talk about because that's somewhere that Massacre and myself have been together. We had yeah. a lovely day trip there. Yeah. According to the website, it will be open in 2022. But obviously, with everything that's happened, that may that may be a later date. So um, obviously, keep an eye out. So it's if you're a fan of the arts and crafts, William Morris or any of those artists around at that time, um, it's just such a wonderful building and you really feel, you can imagine William Morris walking around. Um, it has William de Morgan tiles, it has embroideries, paintings. Um, it, it's such a lovely building and it's a beautiful garden and you can see where Morris was inspired. Um, there's a mulberry tree in the garden, which is lovely. And yeah. um, when we went, the mulberries were out, so it was um, it was great. What what when when about in the year did we go, Masako? Was it? I think it was August. So ah, it was okay. Beautiful, beautiful summer's day. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, that my favourite part of going to Kelmscott Manor, apart from the garden, um, was William Morris's first embroidery. And it's hanging up um, in one of the attics, actually. And it's really, it's quite big. So it's a hanging. I'd say it's kind of an embroidered hanging more than a little picture. And it's called If I Can. And he designed it when he was 23. And the motto, If I Can, was um, used by Jan van Eyck the artist and he admired him and he put that into his embroidery and I just thought it was amazing that um, his first embroidery was there and it was such an accomplished piece if I think about my first embroidery um, yes I probably wouldn't even show anybody it but the fact it was his he designed it and he worked it at 23 it was it was wonderful so for me that was a really really lovely day um, um, so, Masako, what do you? What was your favourite part of Kelmscott Manor when we visited it? Oh, I really loved the garden to start with. You know the the trellis, the famous trellis design of uh, William Morris. I could tell 
this is the source of the design, you know. It was so lovely to see. And then the vine and then the mulberry tree that you mentioned. It was just so magical. But also, I remember this um, William Morris's bed and then the bed, bed cover. Um, that reminds me of this place I wanted to talk about. It's a... Uh, uh, Emery Walker's house. Emery Walker was a good friend of William Morris. They also had an active role in the arts and crafts movement at the same time. And actually, Emery Walker's house is um, in Hammersmith, London. It's very close to the William Morris Society. Um, it's, it's a very small terraced house. It's not like a massive uh, stately home or anything like that. But uh, this little house is now a museum and it's run by the Emery Walker Trust. It's a registered charity. And then you, when you go in, you, you know, the wallpaper is all William Morris. And it's worth seeing if you go up to the second floor and there's a, a small bedroom and this bed cover, it's a cruel work embroidery bed cover. And it was made by May Morris, uh, you know, the, one of the daughters of William Morris. And it is a similar design of the one that May Morris and her mother Jane Morris made for William Morris for the bed in the, at uh, Kelmscott Manor. You know, it's not on the grass case or anything. It's on the bed. You can really see closely. And then it's an astonishing feeling that you can see the real thing that the May Morris embroidered. And then it's it's right there. So I really recommend. Well, during the lockdown, I think they had a virtual tour on their website. Please check um, Emily Walker's house website. And then you might be able to see this bed cover I'm talking about. Um, it's quite inspiring to see such uh, embroidery closely, actually, isn't it? Yes. Okay. Since I talked about uh, Emery Walker's house in London, would you like to mention any other places in London? Mark? Yes, that's um, that's a good idea. So, firstly, I'm going to talk about the V&A Museum, and connected to that, the V&A Cloth Workers Centre in Kensington. So, the V&A Museum itself is open, and you can visit. You need to um, book just to enter so you do need to book a time slot at the moment they've got lots of different galleries they've got a uh, 20th century gallery they've got british galleries yeah, textile galleries. i love the british yeah. gallery yes yeah <laughs> so there is there's some embroidery and that changes every now and again mm. but their main textile and embroidery collection is actually housed by the V&A Cloth Workers Centre um, and I was lucky enough to visit that with Heather Lewis who wrote the RSN box book and she invited me along when she visited and we saw some fantastic uh, stamp work caskets um, and so the V&A Cloth Workers Centre is where all the textiles and embroidery are mostly housed you have to make an appointment you have to say what items you want to see. So you have to do all this well in advance and you get to see them close. And they're very generous with um, the amount of time you get. You get a morning or an afternoon slot. 
um everything's on the table so if it these caskets were not behind glass they were right in front of you you couldn't touch them obviously mm -hmm. but if you needed to see inside um the staff there they'd open the box they'd open the drawer the cupboards they'd turn it around if you needed so it, it was an amazing experience however unfortunately again the cloth worker center is shut at the moment. So as far as I'm aware, you cannot make an appointment because they're moving again. So they, not so long, they actually moved um, into the center, but they're moving again to somewhere in East London. So you need to, if you are coming to London and you want to see anything from the uh, V&A textile embroidery collection by appointment, you might have to wait a little while and you need to keep an eye on the textile collection and how you book. You do have to book quite long way in advance anyway. Mm. So possibly three months in advance. So it depends when you're coming and how they're going to work that. There may be more space in the next centre, mm -hmm. which obviously would be good and they'd be able to accommodate more people looking. Uh, you have to keep an eye out, but I thoroughly recommend it if there's something embroidery related that you are passionate about or you want to research or see very close without being behind glass which, um, and V&A is it's an amazing opportunity in the years to come when they're all set up again to have a look but in the meantime you can go to the V&A and see see what they have but that is behind glass and actually some of it's quite dark as we know embroidery and textiles are very often kept in darkened rooms obvious reasons but when you but, obviously uh, go to sorry but uh, also there's an online catalog available yes. yes so thank you the vna website does have some digital online catalog so you are able to look if you can't visit you're able to look at quite a few textile pieces and embroidered pieces some of them have you know close-up views side and front views so obviously that's great. And you can download some photos um, to keep for yourself for your own personal use and research. Um, so the V&A and the V&A Museum and V&A Cloth Workers, make sure you do. You can check the websites. But obviously, if you're going to visit, do do book in advance and, and see when they're open. Yeah, I can't wait for the new Cloth Workers Centre. Mm, yeah, I don't don't know when that's going to be open, but um. Mm it's great opportunity to see things super close and take photographs of things super close. They're very generous. They're, you're allowed to take photographs unless they tell you otherwise. Great. Thank you. Right, Mark, would you like to talk about Fenton House in Hampstead because it's also in London? Yes. So Fenton House is uh, owned by the National Trust and it has a lot of 17th century embroidery. I know I keep talking about 17th century embroidery, <laughs> but it's my favorite historical um, embroidery to look at. So I'll be a bit repetitive. Um, it, it's a lovely house and it has quite a lot of um, musical instruments as well, as well as embroidery. So if you're interested in musical side in antiques, it's worth a visit. If you're interested in 17th century embroidery, it's also worth a visit. So they have, um, beautiful caskets, mirrors, um, and just general sort of 17th century pictures. The last time I went, I was allowed to take photographs, but um, obviously if you go, please do check. 
Um, and you can get quite close to some of the, the pieces actually. Um, so they're not, even though they're behind glass and the stump work casket is behind glass, you can get really close to it because um, the casket was in the middle of the room. So it's, it's lovely. It also has a really beautiful garden. It's small, but it's lovely. It's got wisteria, roses. Mm. Um, it's really beautiful. And it's very near Hampstead Tube Station. So you're able to get the tube to it from central London. Um, but again, do check that um, it's open when you want to visit. But definitely um, worth a visit. And it's quite small. So it's again, it's not like a manor house. It is a it's quite a small house, um, but really enjoyable little visit. So I recommend that. That's great. Thank you. OK. I'm going to talk about Gothorpe Hall in Lancashire. Gothorpe Hall in Lancashire uh, belonged to the Shuttleworth family for a long, long time, but now it's a National Trust property. Uh, Gothorpe Hall's last owner was uh, Rachel K. Shuttleworth. She is the one who developed the large collection of embroidery, lace, quotes, garments, textiles, all sorts. Um, many items are from 18th and 19th centuries. And Gothop Hall Textile Collection is an independent registered charity and it is housed in within the hall. Uh, when I went to Gothop Hall, I think that was um, back in 2017, I think, um, I saw this quote of Rachel K. Shatuwas on the wall, and I took the note, so let me read it out. She says, quote, I have a vision of a place of meeting where neighbors will come for many reasons to seek stimulating thoughts by meeting other active minds to find refreshment and inspiration and joy in beauty, unquote. I love this. It, it still resonates with me now. That's beautiful. That's yeah. so lovely. I think it's it's wonderful. Mm. So what kind of, so they just have a mix of embroideries there? Mm. Not, not So it's just a mixture of all kinds of textiles and embroideries. I have seen, yeah. I know that they have um, an Instagram, don't they? The textiles. Mm. So you can see some on social media and you can also, mm. I presume, can you see, is there an online catalogue of theirs or just? They do have online catalogue. Oh, oh, that's good. Oh. Goes up textile collection online galleries. So yeah, is that online? Oh, that's good. Yeah. Okay. Um, mm. Where do you want to talk about next? Um, shall I do the Lady Lever Gallery? Oh yes, please. I don't know anything about Lady Lever Art Gallery. You know, actually, I've never been to Liverpool. I never had a chance to go to Liverpool. So I really don't know about this Lady Lever Art Gallery. So okay. tell me about it. So the Lady Lever Art Gallery, it's not in Liverpool, the city. It's actually just outside Liverpool. Um, and it currently is open. So that was quite nice because when I visited Liverpool, it wasn't open. So you can currently go and see 
see the gallery. It's not just textiles and embroideries there. There's all kinds of things there. Um, but again, the um, this is the Lady Lever Gallery is again, it's somebody who's had an amazing collection and it's now in um, a gallery that you can see. And there's also an amazing catalogue of embroideries. Currently it's on sale on the Lady Lever Gallery website for five pounds. Oh, great. Um, <laughs> uh, it, that's a lot less than I paid for it because I bought second hand and uh, paid a lot more. But anyway, so I hope <laughs> if you're interested in this again, I'm going to be very predictable. Um, a lot of 17th century embroidery. So we've got stump work, silk work, raised work and canvas work. I do have to warn you, it's mostly black and white photography. In fact, you know, it's pretty much a black and white catalogue. Oh. However, um, what I like about the catalogue is that it gives the origin of quite a lot of 17th century embroidery. So we see the same images over and over again from engravings and biblical studies and it shows the original engraving next to the embroidery so if you're a bit of a nerd and, and um, like to study these kinds of embroidery it's a perfect book for that and it's really comprehensive in its writing um, but it is black and white there are a few color plates in the center so I don't want to encourage people to get it if they think they're getting a, a great big color book it's quite large um and for five pounds i think it's an amazing bargain but um it is black and white so do be aware of that um, but it's great for you know if you want um inspiration for that type of embroidery it's got lots of canvas work in and yeah i just love it so you can actually visit the lady lever art gallery as i said it's open it does have other things there um, but i'm afraid I, I don't know any more than about the embroideries <laughs> So if anyone knows any more, they'll have to get in touch with us. And um, but I do recommend the book. So that that was why I wanted to talk about it, because it's got a great um, it's got a great catalogue to go to go with the collection. Um, and that is by Xanthe Brook um, and it's called Catalogue Embroidery. So you'll see that on their website at the moment. I shall get one. Okay, now I'm talking about uh, Hardwick Hall in Derbyshire. Um, Hardwick Hall was um, one of the properties that the famous Bess of Hardwick owned. Bess of Hardwick um, had significant wealth in Elizabethan period. And um, it is well known that she worked on a series of embroidery uh, with Mary, Queen of Scots, when she was uh, kept captive. Mary, Queen of Scots, uh, was considered a threat to the throne, and um, she was kept captive for a long time. Now it is a National Trust property. And actually, I went to Hardwick Hall when it was... Um, winter and then it, it was only just for the Christmas decoration. So unfortunately, some parts of the hall were uh, closed. The restriction is lifting so that I, I know it's going to be open soon. But uh, if you want to go, you really need to check the opening days, opening times. 
but uh, there there are lots of lots of embroideries that Mary Queen of Scots and Beth of Hardwick did in the Hardwick Hall. Also, they are famous for the enormous portrait of Queen Elizabeth I, the, the, you know, the Jacobean embroideries on her skirt. So I think that's also worth seeing. And another place that relates to Mary, Queen of Scots and the best Hardwick is the Oxborough Hall in Norfolk. Actually, um, I've never been to Oxborough Hall, but this is definitely one of the places I want to visit. Um, this famous Oxborough hangings is made of various motifs that Mary Queen of Scots and the best of Hardwick embroidered. Um, Mary Queen of Scots used these motifs or, you know, the piece of embroidery to express her thoughts or convey a secret messages. And, and I'm fascinated by these women in this Tudor period. So um, I would really like to see this hanging in person one day. Uh, also, uh, Oxborough Hall is also another National Trust property. So now you know why I have a membership of National Trust. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, you can you can work your way around the country looking at embroidered pieces in all the houses. So, yes. <laughs> Actually, while we're on the subject of national trust, can I join in there? Yes. Um, because this was a surprise to me. So, um, when I was in Devon, which is southwest um, of England, um, we're staying in Dartmouth. And we visited, because I'm a massive Agatha Christie fan. I know. <laughs> we visited um, Agatha Christie's home, which is called Greenway. Um, so we visited purely with the intention of being absorbed in the whole Agatha Christie story. And it was fantastic. And that's National Trust. Mm -hmm. And we worked our way through, saw the books, where she sat, where she typed. Um, and it's wonderful. The gardens are wonderful. And we were getting to one of the last rooms in Greenway. And there on the wall were two stump raised work uh, embroideries. And I couldn't believe it because I kind of felt a connection with Agatha Christie um, because she had raised embroideries on her wall and that made it really made it for me and I was thinking oh she liked them too and it was that just kind of that was ended the perfect day I thought that she collected not that I collect them but she she obviously appreciated them um and well, so that was connect connection I know yes like that kind of just that made it for me yeah so yeah. I was very happy about that <laughs> so sorry I just had to mention you can also see it at Greenway in Devon but only two obviously it's the uh, it's not full of embroideries but um that just reminded me when you said about the National yeah. Trust yeah is it, is it difficult to get there you, you know I like Agatha Christie but I didn't even know there was a National Trust property yes we well, have you have to I think get there by by car boat boat by boat <laughs> well I got there by boat so we stayed in Dartmouth mm. and we got the boat from Dartmouth down the river Dart to it and then you can also go across the river um and get is there it by... the, is it on the island or something well I'm just trying to remember whether you can actually get there by car but everyone got a ferry over and we got the boat down so 
there's a little pub across the river so after we visited we got a little boat across the river had a drink in the pub came back and got our boats back to Dartmouth um so it was great um but uh, yeah check that yeah (laughs) Um, I will check it out (laughs) yes yeah before you turn up in your car you might have to get a boat I can't remember I mean probably from that side yes there is I imagine somewhere um you can uh drive to but it was very nice that we just got there by boat but I imagine I can't because we didn't go by boat obviously we didn't really think about the car park or anything so yeah um, yeah. I presume there was and also they filmed one of the last Poirots with David Suchet oh actually if you are a fan of Poirot and have watched um David Suchet as Poirot the last episode that they uh, the, that they filmed, even though it wasn't the last one in the series, they filmed uh, Dead Man's Folly there, um, which was really lovely. So you can see her garden and you can see the house, but I'm not sure that there was any stunt work in the shots. Um, <laughs> but you can have a look around the house on that programme. Uh, so that's Dead Man's Folly um, on uh, ITV, you know, iPlayer or whatever. So you can, if it's still there, you can have a look around without even having to pay. So that's good. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you. So I'm going to talk about uh, two more. Mm-hmm. Have I talked about? Have I talked about Burrell already? No. No, not yet. Okay, fine. Yeah. I, I'm going to talk about the Burrell collection now, and the Burrell collection. It's shut again. Sorry, but I wanted to talk about it anyway, because you can get lovely books. And um, again, it's worth visiting. It's it's outside of Glasgow in Scotland. So, um, again, this is a collection that has been collected by a single person. And again, it focuses on 17th century Um embroidery it's not just embroidery so you can get to see some amazing furniture there I really remember the furniture when I visited it was really beautiful um and they're having a refurb at the moment so that's why you can't visit but you can buy the book it's called embroidery at the Burrow collection and that is by Liz Arthur I'm not sure it's in print um but I have seen secondhand copies and this one let me check mostly is in color um and again this has lovely um comparisons between the origin so it has engravings and has the embroidery next to each other a bit like um the lady lever catalog in its um again it's beautifully illustrated loads of history um just lovely so the Burrow collection whenever it opens up again if you are in Scotland or you know Edinburgh Glasgow is worth going to because it's such a lovely uh, collection of of antique items not just embroidery furniture um, and ceramics as well so do have a look at that one Um, another one I'm going to mention is Parham House and that is West West Sussex that's privately owned um but you can visit but again you just need to check please before you go and it's just 
beautiful. So it's privately owned, which means basically someone still lives there. So it's not kind of a museum in a way. It's it's still lived in. And I think you can feel that when you go there. Beautiful grounds, beautiful gardens. It's full of fantastic art and furniture and textiles and embroidery and it's 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 just wonderful I absolutely loved it when I went there lots and lots of raised work silk work 17th century work they have gold work they have hangings and you can get really close to everything um so you get to really study items and it's it's just such a good day out um they've got a lovely cafe but I'm not sure of their opening times at the moment. So again, please check. They had a small booklet, which had photographs of different rooms, but as I'm not aware that they have a, a book about the embroidery specifically. So for that one, you'll just have to visit um, because I don't think, I don't think there's one or I'm not aware of one, um, but I'm happy to correct that if I'm wrong. So, that's uh, that's that one. And I just want to mention the at the end, the Royal School of Needlework. So at the moment, there are no tours in person at the Royal School of Needlework, um, obviously because of restrictions at the moment. But there are online talks and lectures that you can sign up for. And with those, you do get to see some of the treasures of the RSN collection. So um, if you go on the Royal School of Needlework website, you can sign up for the next talk. And that will be with Dr. Susan K. Williams, who is the chief executive of the RSN, or it would be with Amy Hare, who is senior lecturer and she's a costume specialist. So they alternate and they change as well. So if you look up and see something is not for you, do look again because they do change and um, they're very informative and you can ask questions at the end, I think. So do um, do check them out until the Royal School opens again, hopefully sometime um, soon. OK, I go on to the uh, ISN talks myself. And then, oh, do you? Uh, yeah, it's fantastic to see all these, you know, collection pieces. It is nice to see. Thank you for listening, everybody. And we hope that Yumiko in Japan, we hope you enjoyed that. And I hope that you have heard of some things that were new to you. So when you next visit, I know that at the moment you're in Japan, but when you next visit, um, I hope that some of those ideas we've given you. Um, inform your visit um which obviously we've just mentioned a very small amount and the ones we've mentioned are ones that Masako and I have either been to or have an interest in obviously there are lots of other textile collections so if anyone is listening and they want to recommend some textile connections in the UK or obviously worldwide we haven't covered worldwide because we've only got a limited amount of time so we're not meaning to um, suggest nowhere else has collections they have but if you know any um, in the UK that are important or large or specialist and you'd like us to put them on our social media please do mention them and also that will give us um, ideas for us visiting as well so um, anything that you think we'd like to see that we've missed out please get in touch with us. Mm -hmm.